Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. For the talk, we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 1. If you're new to the Bible, uh, welcome. Uh, The Bible's kind of split into two halves. So there's the Old Testament, which is before Jesus came, and then there's the New Testament, which starts with four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You may have heard of those. Those are the stories of Jesus. John's the fourth book. It's one of the records of what Jesus did and how he came to earth and all those kinds of things. So we'll be in John chapter 1. Introductory thought. Most of us get somehow like news feeds in our life, either through our phone or we're watching television or we watch the news, right? Does that make sense? Uh, Especially in the day and age of technology. Uh, So this last Monday, I was on my phone, and I checked the news feed that was coming up, and here are some of the things that came up. Israeli troops and drones hit West Bank City. Severe storms threaten 19 states after turning deadly over July 4th weekend. Two killed... 28 wounded in mass shooting at Baltimore block party. And Shania Twain wipes out on stage during Chicago concert. (laughs) I use these as examples of, to bring up the idea, we live in a world where pretty regularly there are tragic things happen. Does that make sense? Like it's just part of the reality. Here's a quick definition of a tragedy. A tragedy is an event causing suffering, destruction, distress. It's a serious accident, crime, or natural disaster. So I think that fits, the, you know, with the news feed. Let's put the news feed back up again, right? Israeli troops, drones, that's bad. Severe storms, uh-huh, that's bad. Two killed, 28 wounded in mass shooting, that's bad. Shania Twain, that's just funny. But three out of the four... I, I did look at it, look at it, it's okay, she's fine, it's not a tragedy. Uh, but it's not, this idea of tragedy is not just something that happens out there in the world every once in a while, creeps into our life, right? In our own personal uh, family life right now, if God doesn't intervene, we're going to have a death in the family over the next couple of weeks. It's one of the, every once in a while, those things happen, uh, Right now, if we paused, I've done this in every service so far, and if you would assess your life, there's more than a handful of people in the room that are probably going through something that would qualify as a tragedy. Not just that, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this maybe later, not just a hard day, but like legit tragedy. Let's just do pause. How many of you right now are in the midst of something that is tragic. How many? See? What is that? 10%? More than 10%. 15 or 20% of us? By the way, can we just pause for everybody who just raised their hand right now? Let's just pray. God, we pray for the tragedies, tragic situations. We don't know them, but you know every single situation that was on the minds of the people who just raised their hand. We ask that you would intervene. Ask that you would fix it. 
And Lord, if somehow you don't fix it, we pray for comfort and compassion and courage and a way to help us through it, we pray. We need you, God, in those times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for praying. I know a lot of you really do pray when we, when we uh, ask for those things. Um, <clears throat> tragedy. A little bit of a shift here. I would submit to you, most of the time, there is a tragedy, there is also an opportunity. It's the way it works, especially for Christians and for who God is. There's a difficulty, and we will see an opportunity to do something to either fix or be helpful. Like we just did it with people who are going through difficulties now. The opportunity was, let's just pause as a church and pray. In family settings, right, we may want to give more compassion or help or service in the midst of the difficulty. A couple years ago, there was uh, tragic tornadoes went through uh, Kentucky. That's not that far away. So there was a group of people from our church really quickly, like the next weekend, jumped on the bus, went down there, and tried to help. So there was tragedy, but there's also opportunity. And that is so much the way God works. He regularly, in the midst of difficulty, he will see an opportunity and go to work on it. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that in all things, that includes the bad stuff, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So this idea of tragedy and connecting it to opportunity. Hold that thought. We are in the third week of a series through the Gospel of John. And this idea of tragedy and opportunity came to mind as I looked at our section for this weekend. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to jump in with a bunch of us that are doing really a uh, a whole read of the Gospel of John. There's a reading plan that you can, by the end of the summer, a lot of us will know God and a, a lot more and more of the Gospel of John because of this reading plan. So if you're curious about that, you can jump on in. But today, we're going to look, uh, beginning in verse 9, with uh, this next section in chapter 1. And uh, let me remind you, a couple weeks ago, I talked about at the very beginning that John, when he's writing his experience with Jesus, he jumps right into kind of the deep theological things. He starts with the deity of Jesus. He talks about how central Jesus is to the creation of everything. And now in verse 9, he's going to talk about how Jesus is coming into the world. So let's begin there. It says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's a reference to Jesus coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. By the way, as we read this, you might see the tragedy and the opportunity. Verse 11 says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of 
human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It's just a couple of verses. Let's read it again. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Title of the talk is Tragedy and Opportunity. When I identify here, make clear the, the tragedy contained in the text, and take some time to look at this phenomenal opportunity that's contained in the text. Uh, I'd encourage you to, that this might be helpful in life, because if we could avoid a tragedy in our future, that'd be good. And it'd be great to have a heads up on a great opportunity because we might participate in it. So let me pray. God, mostly, uh, we need you to be the teacher in the room. I've got some things that I think you want me to say, but it really won't matter if you're not here. So as usual, we confess our need for you to be here, talk to us, challenge us, encourage us. I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you ready? Some things, two things from the text. First of all, the tragedy is, you can write this in, it's pretty simple to see. The tragedy is resisting Jesus. Resisting Jesus, if you're writing some stuff down on the handout or in the app. Resisting is an okay word. You could probably use the word refusing Jesus or from verse 10, we could have used not recognizing Jesus. It says, he was in the world. Oh, this is tragic. You guys, this is tragic. He was in the world, though the world was made through him. He's like the creator of all things. The world did not recognize him. That's bad. The word here for not recognize, of course, it kind of means not recognize. In the original language, it looks like that, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. But it means to come to know, to recognize, to perceive, or realize. So there's some more to the definition, but initially, it's this idea that they just didn't even, that, that humanity has a capacity, and when Jesus came to the earth, they just didn't realize who it was. Have you ever missed something, and you didn't know you missed it, maybe until later? You were like oblivious. Uh, the, one of the things, the first thing that came to my mind, have you ever missed like an off-ramp when you're traveling and you didn't know you missed the off-ramp until later? And you, nope. Corey over here is like, nope, never happened to me. Well, we're so happy for your perfection. <laughs> I remember traveling from Michigan down here to the home and we were coming kind of over on the, west side where there's there has to be an off-ramp right there's an off-ramp but then you get off and kind of come down toward the south bend mishawaka area but i knew something was up when i started seeing signs about like welcome to illinois <laughs> i and i have no idea i didn't know 
that I had passed the exit, it just like, does that make sense? Where you're like, I just, I just, why, why? So there was this real unaware, this obliviousness to the reality. So that's part of what this is that is tragic. We live in a world where, where we can be human beings that are just oblivious to Jesus. I lived for 20 years of my life like this. Uh, I, I had, of course, I'd heard of Jesus and stuff. I just, I didn't know I was missing anything. It's just not there. There could be still some people here, like you're coming into church, but you really don't know a, much about this Jesus stuff. Um, by the way, I want to insert a verse that can help us have compassion for people who sometimes we look and go, come on, you can't, you see Jesus? What do you understand? And it's in 2 Corinthians 4, 4. This helps me pray for friends uh, who might not know Christ as their Savior. It says, the God of this age. That's a reference to the enemy of our soul, the devil. The God of this age, little g, God, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. So, so, I would submit to you, rather than be frustrated with non-Christians, we should have some compassion because they don't, we don't know what we don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, you just, so we pray. If you want to have a good prayer for friends, family, somebody that uh, is far from God, doesn't know Jesus Christ, pray that God will open their eyes to the light of the gospel. Because if you see it, it makes all the sense in the world. But if you don't see it, you just don't know what you don't know. All right. So that's one part of the tragedy in the text is being oblivious. Like Jesus came to the earth, but we don't even see it. But there's another part of this definition to the word. We'll put the word back up. And it is not just, it's beyond just being oblivious. It's to know, especially through personal experience. So it's not just about a, oh yeah, I know Jesus. It's this closeness to him that we fail to capitalize on. So this part of this word is talking about really close closeness. Uh, it's the same word that in the story in the Bible where an angel comes to Mary, the soon-to-be mother of Jesus, and says, you're going to be pregnant. He probably didn't say it like that. Hey, you're going to be pregnant. He didn't. It was much more religious than that. But, you know, you're going to be pregnant. And she's like, how's that going to happen? That can't be because I, well, we have the text. I, I know not a man. So, like, how do you know she knew a man? Like, she knew Joe. She knew some. But that's, part of this word is, I don't, I'm not that close to a, a man to get pregnant. Got to be really close. Okay, that thing. That's still part of this word includes this really, really closeness. Uh, I think our culture has kind of destroyed the word intimacy sometimes because we think just in terms of sex and stuff. But, but it's not a bad word. God came, and part of the tragedy described in this verse is not just people are oblivious, but they don't welcome the, the closeness, the super closeness of God. We keep him Kind of a little far away. Can you stay right over there? So here's the idea. You can write it down. The, tra the, the tra tragedy is not just being oblivious to Jesus, but resisting intimacy with Jesus. That applies to probably 
a bunch of us, because we're Christians, we've received Jesus as our Savior, but if we're not careful, we can participate in the tragic lifestyle of keeping him. Can I stay over there? That, don't get too close. There's a picture that kind of describes the heart of God and perhaps the disappointment when we keep him at a distance. In Matthew 23, Jesus is uh, overlooking a city, Jerusalem, spiritual city, all kinds of God's activity in the city. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. By the way, in the account in Luke, which might have been the same moment in time, it says he wept. So he's like, this is emotional for him when he says this. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed, we're, we're looking into the heart of God, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. That's close. And he's describing this feeling, this want that he has, like, come here. Come, come on. What, what are you doing all the way? What are you doing all the way over there? Too much distance here. I want you, does that make sense? He probably never did that. But right, like, come. I don't know. I should have looked up the word. But he longs for, like, how about I came, I died on the cross to wipe out all sin. How about we stay close? What are you doing all the way over there? says, and you were not willing. We should not do that. When God invites us to closeness, there's a, this will just come up on the screen. A great tragedy in life is to keep Jesus at arm's length. That's been challenging me this week. Like, ah, I, just, I still do that. Especially, I think there are times like in areas of my life. Yeah, I like... I like you close here, here, but I don't know. Don't get involved in this, Lord. You stay over there. That's, I thought of, uh, I don't know if I should. How many, how many people are huggers in the room? How many people just got uncomfortable because I said hug? <laughs> yeah. So, so, like if John over, if, it's, if I said, John, come here, let me give you. Right now, John's like, I'm not coming back to this church ever. <laughs> but see, like if John doesn't want to give me a hug, that's okay, by the way. But if Jesus is saying, come close, we ought to say, yes, Lord. Okay. To bring the idea even more in the room, how am I doing it embracing Jesus? I mean, just receiving him. This is not all about, you know, just touchy-feely, I want to give God. This is like, are you close under his wings? It's tragic if we're not. So before we move on to the opportunity, I want to do a little side note here. I want to do this quickly before we get past the tragedy idea. Uh, I want to encourage you to use discernment in life on what's a legit tragedy and what's not a tragedy. Because I think, my observation is, we live in a world that is over 
dramatizing, is that a word? Tons of stuff. And that would say, oh, that's tragic, and this is horrible, and that's tragic. And what I want to say is, will you please use discernment so that we're not driven by what other people call tragedy, when really God would say, that's not tragic, that's just life, my friend, you can make it. Is that right? I was, uh, did some vacation this last week and went to an ice cream shop where we typically go, and the ice cream wasn't as cold as it usually was, and in a matter of minutes, the ice cream was dripping off the cone, down my hand, it was down my hand, and it melted before I could eat it all. Can I just tell you, that is not a tragedy. Some of you are like, oh yes, no it's not. That's not tragic. And there are things that we go through in life that, that, that I just want to just remind us in a world that yells and screams about a lot of things. We will be wise to get our definition of what is tragic and what is not tragic by what, the, by what the Bible says is tragic. I think the enemy of our soul is trying to make things that are maybe they're uncomfortable or maybe they are a trial, but they're not a tragedy. Let me give you a Bible verse. James 1, 2 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because trials come, they test you, and it produces perseverance. It makes us more mature. And trials are good things. The devil will say, oh, that's not a trial. That's a tragedy. A tragedy can more derail you. Just remember to discern, is this a trial or is this a tragedy? I'll just clarify, getting overcharged at a drive-thru, that's not a tragedy, my friends. Even if they forgot the barbecue sauce. Oh, see, some of you are like, nope, that's a tragedy. No, it is not. If you get overlooked at a promotion at work, when you think, I should have been considered for that, and they hire somebody else, that is not a tragedy. It just happens. If the insurance doesn't cover your dental procedure, it's okay. If your vehicle does not have air conditioning all summer, now don't be groaning and moaning. <laughs> See? Did you guys know there was a time in history when people didn't have air conditioning? See? Now we're all upset. We could post that. Did you guys know that? Right? That is not, it's just, a, it's a, Oh, what about this? What if all the puppies in the world do not get adopted? Oh, yes, I stepped on some toes there. Can I tell you, though? That's not a... See, some people are like, I hate him. I do not. That is not a tragedy. That can, that's, that can be sad. That's... Tragedy is people separated from God in this life and all eternity. Tragedy... Does that make sense? All right, so use wisdom in those things. So tragedies resisting Jesus, number two. Oh, yeah, shift to the opportunity. The opportunity is responding differently, responding differently than those who are oblivious or resisting closeness with God. It's basically the idea of becoming a child of God, saying yes to God. The text says, we're going to jump to the text, it it says, this is the, still the tragic part, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And I like this next word, it says yet. That, like yet, some translations say but, 
And it's going to introduce the opportunity to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That is the opportunity in the text to become a child of God. We're going to spend the rest of our time trying to illustrate what a a tremendous, life-changing opportunity it is to have God as our Father. Uh, Benefits. Having God as our Father. Quick word picture. Uh, We vacationed last week. Here's our vacation home. (laughs) How many didn't buy that for a minute? (laughs) But we were at a lake, and... uh, and this isn't actually, I, I had a conversation with somebody uh, who owns this. No, it's not this house, sorry. But I, I don't have a picture of their house, but I was like, what's the feel of their house? Because it's really nice. It's not quite this big and nice, but they've got a boat like that. And so th- this is a little bit better. But it's one of those, have you ever seen a house or lake place and you're like, wow, that is so cool. At least in my world, I'm like, yeah, that is really something. And... But here's the unique thing about the owner of this home. She is 26 years old. They just bought it. She's 26 years old. And for me, I'm like, how in the heck does that? No. I'm like, how does this happen? And it only makes sense if you know that part of her life is the fact that she's related to her father who is very wealthy. Oh, that's how. Does that make sense? And so what I want to do is kind of transition that to the reality of this is not about money. It can affect money, but like the wealth we have, the blessing we have, because we get to be the kids of God, which affects our life. Nothing has changed my life more than then when I became born again and connected with God as my father, it has affected so many areas of my life. Every single one of them, although not, a, not all of them have been easy, every one of them has been a benefit to my life because God as our father puts us in a great position to have better life. You can write this in. It's not a small thing to be a child of God. Oh, by the way, that doesn't fit perfectly in your handout. That's not a tragedy. Make it work. Right? You're like, wait a minute. That's not the right hand. We Stop everything. We have to <laughs> just cross something out and put, it's not a small thing to put, uh, be a child of God. We're going to finish with Psalm 145 that's describing God. The writer begins with, I will will exalt you, my God, the King. And then it goes on for about 30 verses describing this God who wants to be, wants us to be his child. In verse 3, it says, great is the Lord. It says, most worthy of praise. It says, his greatness no one can fathom goes on to talk about his works that are awesome, his deeds that are great. Describes him in verse 8 as he is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, praise the Lord, 
rich in love. He never runs out. He's got tons of it. Finishes in verse like 13 with he, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And he goes on for another like nine verse, verses. Characteristics of God. And if you look at that, you guys, just so you know, that guy, that God wants you to be his daughter. And you to be his son. And that is the opportunity of a lifetime. So to finish up, tragedy is not acknowledging Jesus. Opportunity is fully acknowledging and embracing him. Two, fill in the blanks to finish up. Challenges. Don't be part of the tragic side of the gospel. If God is knocking on your door, revealing Christ to you, don't resist that. And the last fill in the blank is be uniquely open to God. That's a challenge probably most of us can, I'm pretty sure most of us can grow in. Don't keep him at arm's length. Why don't you stand? And we'll pray. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.